Oh, welcome to Fishing Without Bay. Whether you fell out of the sky, got here by accident, on purpose, we're certainly glad you're here. And if you're welcome nowhere else, you're certainly welcome here. You always have a seat at our table. The only admission requirement is the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. We're looking for people who are looking to create their lives rather than find their lives. We're looking for people to help explode into the world with full impact mindfulness and fish without bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations. Welcome, my friends. I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist. And today, as always, behind the magic mix board is... uh, our good friend, Mr. Mike. And as promised, we always attempt to have an eclectic roster of guests. And today we certainly have that. We have Mr. John Sheon, uh, one of the certainly masters of the universe, uh, who was introduced to us by our good and continuing friend, uh, Miss Liz Victory. John, how would you explain yourself? How would you introduce yourself to a member of the human race? I appreciate your kind words, but I'm hardly a master of the universe. I think that's reserved for He-Man. I'm, I'm a student of the universe. I'll say that. I'm learning. Okay. So uh, I'm a musician. I'm a father. I'm um, a student of the universe. I'm interested in self-improvement. I know one of the things I found recently – So. Just as an example, I, I play guitar since I was 13, and sometimes I play in front of people, and they're like, wow, you're really good. And I find that the more I know, the longer I play, the more I realize that I don't know. Mm. And um, th- that I'll never truly feel confident. And that's okay. That's okay. The journey is interesting. Um, to just sort of take that to guitar, which you can apply this to life too, but... Uh, you know, when I started out, I was concerned with holding the pick right and playing chords right and then learning to play faster. And there were all these other things that I didn't care about. Um, I didn't care about setting up the amplifier to get the best sound. I didn't care about uh, how I would make the vibrato sound. All these other things that I didn't even know to care about. So I was unconscious of my lack of ability in these areas. As I get better, I just become more and more aware of all the areas that I need to work on that I didn't care about. Hmm. And, you know, I would say as that's proven true for guitar, that's really true for uh, for everything, I think, really. Well, when, uh, when Socrates went to the Oracle at Delphi and when he returned, naturally the citizens of Athens were curious about what the oracle had told him, and the oracle had told him that he was the wisest man in Greece. Then they said, well, what does that mean to you? And he said, that means that I'm the only one who truly understands his own ignorance. So it's all about lowering an ego, and it's all about the more we know, the less we know. So keeping in mind that with our eclectic roster of guests, they're usually introduced to us through another one of our previous guests, and Mr. Sheon was introduced to us as a potential and excellent guest by our good friend and contributor to this program, uh, Miss Liss Victory. And Miss Liss described you, John, as an empathetic person, a 
person who's had much life experience, has learned from a lot of things. I believe she also described you as a very intelligent person, interested in many subjects, and particularly in the workings of human beings and uh, the way that you were able to describe and empathize with people. This is very kind. I appreciate that. Um, what I found is that uh, as I get older, it wasn't until relatively recently that I realized this, but by having empathy for others I and accepting them, I'm able to accept myself. So the more accepting and forgiving I am of other people, then the easier it is to forgive and accept myself. And realizing that has just really made my day-to-day -day life a lot easier to deal with. So getting back, John, to forgiving and accepting yourself, uh, it sounds like at one time in your life, like many people, perhaps you weren't exactly uh, satisfied with John Sheehan. No, not at all. I was being unsatisfied with myself. I was really looking at stuff outside me, and I was very angry you know, about things that I felt had happened to me. Uh. I had a, a difficult upbringing. I had a not great relationship with my parents. Okay. And then I, I had cancer at 19. It was testicular cancer. Now, that cancer is a little bit unusual in that if you make it to 30 and you haven't gotten it, you'll probably never get it. Okay. We're outliers, but it generally strikes younger men. Okay. And I was angry about my upbringing that um, I was married young, and then we had a rough divorce, and I had problems seeing my son. Mm. So you so you were married young. Yeah. Okay. And you got married because that's a good question. Why do people get married? Well, that's a, that's an excellent question. Some people, what we try to help people do, John, is to be able to step back and look at situations and differentiate between an emotional mind and wise minds. I got married young because basically this attractive woman um, was willing to hang out with me, ah. spending time with me. Okay. But being young, I had my eyes closed to a lot of things. So nobody is perfect and everybody comes to a relationship with baggage. But what I wasn't paying attention to were the personality issues that eventually developed into her having very, very serious addiction issues. Ah, so what, what you're saying is that uh, you did judge the book by its cover. Uh her cover being this particular female was attractive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, at 20, I can't remember, but in my early 20s. Okay. You know, that, that seemed important. And now that's not really, uh, that's not the basis for someone that you want to marry and spend the rest of your life with. And obviously I didn't. Okay. So you were, you were flattered by this woman's attention. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh-huh. And said, well, if she likes me, then I'll like her. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I can see now that I'm looking at validation. And uh, it was a result of not being comfortable with myself and looking for validation from this other person. Uh-huh. And okay. that doesn't work. 
<laughs> um, and she was looking for the same for me. Ah. And it didn't work for her either, you know, because she wasn't, because I wasn't able to regulate her emotions for her and take care of her needs. Then for her, that turned into a substance addiction issue. Ah, okay. So, John, in the 12 step world, we often say that relationships in uh, recovery rooms are like geometry. Two halves do not make a whole. Okay. And if we're looking to, for someone else to fulfill us, it sounds like we've got a lot more work to do on ourselves before we get involved with someone else. Yeah, absolutely. Although it took me a long, long time to realize that. Yeah, yeah. So I would probably suspect that this the young lady had a lot of fine qualities also. Uh, and perhaps it, at some point, when did you realize that it wasn't working? We weren't intimate that much towards the end of the marriage. Uh-huh. And I, w- I would come home from work and I would watch our baby son and she would go out by herself to the bar. Uh, Speaking with the benefit of a lot of hindsight now. Yes. It took me a long time to realize that it's really easy to point a finger and say, well, the marriage broke up because she had substance issues uh-huh. and put that on her. But I would now, and boy, it wasn't until within the past couple of years that this thought would even enter my head. Now I would say, that's true, but you chose this person. So, yes, she had substance issues. Yes, it's easy to point a finger at her, but at the end of the day, I chose this person. So you accepted your part in it. I, I, I have now. It took a long time. Yes, yes. And, you know, I'm sure you could talk to her, and she would have some other version. I'm sure she would. And it wouldn't. So whatever she says wouldn't necessarily be objectively true, but I have no doubt that it, she would believe it was true. Well, her perception would be her reality, and we could, that's, that's transferred to everybody. So, and again, in the 12-step world, and you might catch on, John, that I use a lot of 12-step lingo here, is we say you can't read the label when you're inside the bottle. Okay, and that not only refers to addiction, it refers to depression, anxiety, and relationships. Uh, I'm sure that some of your friends saw the the issues, the problems with this relationship, maybe before you did. Oh, the guy who introduced us warned me about it, actually. <laughs> However, when we're inside of that relationship, we're, we don't see it. We don't see it. So when we ask people to walk through their lives with their eyes wide open and have minds of awareness, that's that's what we attempt to get across to people. So not to have minds of fear, but minds of awareness. So when do you think you developed that mind of awareness with this relationship, John? Oh, well, a long, long time after it was over. Ah. Um, definitely not, not within it. I would say it's maybe that we don't see the signs, but we see them and we ignore them too, or we don't care. Ah. Um, I think the stuff is there, but we pay attention to what we choose to pay attention to. Okay. And um, I would say that the reason that I didn't pay attention to those signs back then when I was younger was probably fear-based. Um, uh-huh. Fear that I want to find someone else. Fear that, you know, 
fear that no one else would find me attractive, fear that I wasn't really attractive, fear that I didn't have anything to offer. So I settled for this, and I subconsciously, of course, but I very much agreed to put up with what I got. Okay, okay. So most people, John, avoid making choices and moving ahead uh, just exactly what you said uh, because of fear, fear of humiliation, fear of fear fear of failure, fear of being found out, fear of not being loved. You you, you stated that and described that very accurately. And also another one of the obstacles is that is seeking the approval of others. So how are others going to view this situation? Is this going to be okay with other people that I when I make this choice? Uh, so when we have the strength of will and the courage to make wise mind choices, and John, wise mind choices are not often the easy ones or the no-brainer ones. Our wise mind choices often involve pain, and they can be very difficult. Well, I, I would say that they ultimately are the best choices, and they may not appear easy. Uh-huh. But they're the choices that ultimately give us the easiest path. It's just a matter of uh, dealing with things mo- that are relatively momentary that we think will be unpleasant. When did you have that moment of clarity with this relationship, John? Uh, my first marriage? Yes. Oh, not until within the past couple of years. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I'm separated by from this and this thought process by well over a decade. Ending relationships is difficult even when, even when they're not a good relationship. And you had a son. Yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's in Akron right now. He's a student at the University of Akron. Okay. And uh, he had a summer internship that was canceled because of the coronavirus. So hmm. he's just hanging out. And um, when I spoke to him today, he, he was going on a hike and looking forward to his time off. Like a lot of people, I mean, his plans... Uh, what he thought he was going to do this summer has been taken away from him by um, So he's in electrical engineering. And for those who aren't familiar, an internship in electrical engineering is basically a job. It's paid. Um, pays better than most college students are able to make in their summers off. And it's full time. And he's not attending classes while he's doing the internship. Okay. So it's a job that he's getting college credit for. And his company is devoting all of their resources right now to research a uh, vaccine for the coronavirus. And as an electrical engineer, as an almost electrical engineer, because he's not quite there yet, he doesn't have a skill set that's useful to them and they don't have anything for him to do. But he's been there a couple of years and he's, I think he has a pretty good relationship with them. But this coronavirus, I mean, what happened to him is sort of a microcosm of what's happened to all of us. Yes. That uh, his plans that he thought, well, you know, they just don't exist anymore. And I do, I do admire that. uh, He doesn't seem that bothered by it. He's taken in stride pretty well. How do you, how do you think that's happening, John? Um, I think that he's just mature enough and hopefully more mature than I was at his age to just realize that uh, this is something that he can't affect. And, you know, the kid doesn't have a bad life. He misses a semester of an internship, but he's fortunate to be in a position where 
his housing and basic needs are taken care of. He knows he's going to graduate and be in a position where he'll be fortunate enough to get a job that will pay above average. And I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he's, he has enough foresight to see that one summer internship is really not that big a deal. Okay, so, John, I believe that, and don't discredit yourself, I think that what you've gone through, that modeling behavior, and this is often what we suggest to people, is they model behavior for others. And what you're telling us about your son is that he practiced a great deal of acceptance. Acceptance doesn't mean approval. However, can he change this situation? No. I would say that this the coronavirus and the subsequent shutdowns, um, they forced... Now, life is always changing and things never go the way we want. That's inevitable. Yes. But I think that this coronavirus has forced everyone to examine this more than they had in the past. Because whatever you were planning, it's probably canceled. And, you know, whatever it is, you might not be able to do it for a while. You might not be able to do it ever again. Okay. I know, for instance, I had a, I had tickets to see the Rolling Stones this summer. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Yes. Especially since they're in the high-risk category themselves. Yes. I can't imagine it taking place in 2020. Are they going to get back together in 2021? I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and next uh, summer 2021. Well, we don't know. Exactly. And, I mean, that's just one thing. Um, I mean, I haven't been able to work, so I've gotten unemployment, and that's gone off well. But Okay. And I'm sure absolutely everyone listening has some sort of similar story, something that they wanted to do. Um, you know, and I'm fortunate there are people who are having serious financial issues right now. There are people who are cut off from outside contact. The lesson that I think this presents us is things never will go exactly how we want. And we're always at risk of having everything. Everything that I have, everything that I work for, you know, I had cancer when I was 19. It could come back. I hope it doesn't, but I have no control over it. Yes. Um, it could come back tomorrow. You could get hit by a car. Um, the company you work for, they could they could go out of business. Um, we've already seen, you know, a bunch of companies have serious financial issues as a result of the shutdown right now. Companies have got out of business. A lot of local mom and pop businesses may not be able to come back from this. Uh-huh. So this is always going on, but this coronavirus and the shutdown, this has turned everything up to the point where um, it's hard to ignore it. And the things that people use to numb themselves, um, TV, going out, sporting events, concerts, even alcohol has been difficult to access now. People don't have access to the things they sometimes use to avoid paying attention to this. Okay. So I think everybody's forced to confront some things as a result of the shutdown. Well, and it's the way that we approach things. In, in the Stoic world, it's not so much as events, it's how we react to them. And how we perceive them. So I think that's where you're going with this, John. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, 
So we can't control anything, and we could never control anything. Um, and we have a choice about how we react to it. And the shutdown presents us an excellent opportunity to practice acceptance because there is no choice. And the sooner that we do accept this, then the easier it gets. I mean, I could wake up every day and I could be upset about all the things that I can't do. And I'm human. I mean, there are things that I've bummed out that I can't do. But um, I'm waking up and there's a lot of things I can do. And uh, there's still plenty of things that I can take pleasure in. I mean, I went for a walk yesterday and uh, it was lovely. And, you know, focusing on what we still do have and finding gratitude for that has made this a lot easier. And I, I, I think, and I hopefully I model that to my son, and hopefully that's why he seems remarkably unconcerned about losing his internship. Well, John, you've touched on a number of topics that we continue to reinforce on this show. And of course, you've talked about acceptance, and you're talking about making a choice. And if we understand and are willing to accept the consequences, everything's a choice. And I choose is certainly one of the most powerful words that people can have in their vocabulary. Uh, that's why I have it tattooed on myself. Too many people live their life on the self-defeating words. I have to, I need to, I must, I'd better. Uh, and you talked about, well, which we often talk on this show, which end of the horse are you looking at? The horse has two ends and the horse doesn't move. Okay. Uh, your perspective can move. And you talked about gratitude, which we, which we often talk about. We often suggest to people that they have the lenses in their glasses reversed and they're looking at things that they can't do rather than things that they can. And lastly, you talked about the, you really look forward to seeing the Rolling Stones. So that's kind of, it's not kind of, it is the premise of fishing without bait. So when we have definitive expectations, then we can we we can set ourselves up for complete disaster. Complete this when we have definitive expectations, we can set ourselves up for bitter disappointment. John, you could have your whole summer could have been ruined because you couldn't see the Rolling Stones. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I would say, you know, this is not the biggest thing in my life, but uh, you know, the Rolling Stones concert being canceled is a bummer. Yes, uh, as a result of the coronavirus. The past two Sundays, and I think for four more Sundays, they're putting concert footage on YouTube. So I've had a concert in my living room the past two Sundays in a row. And you know what? It's not too bad if, if I forget about the idea that I had a ticket to see them live and can't see them and just enjoy the live footage they've uh, thrown up in and of itself. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so so again, John, what you're doing is you're choosing to look at the front end of the horse rather than the back end. A phrase that I've become familiar with over the past couple of years and that I think is useful is rather than thinking about anything happening to me, think about things happening for me. And ultimately, I think that everything that happens can be a benefit to us. Um, the hardest, worst things that ever happened, my divorce, cancer, um, all of that, I could think about how it happened to me, 
but uh, we only grow through difficult things. So when something is happening, if we say this is happening for me, allow myself to give myself space. I need to figure out whatever the lesson is and grow from this. It can totally change us. And, you know, I talked about cancer and the coronavirus, but you don't have to think of that only in terms of huge things. I mean, someone cuts you off in traffic rather than getting mad at them and saying, why is this happening to me? Think, you know, this is happening for me. What am I supposed to take out of this? And, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic and you lose your temper. The lesson there is maybe patience and acceptance. And if you think that this is happening for you instead of to you, then you're open to that. And as long as something is happening to you, you're in the mindset of a victim and you're just looking for stuff to blame and you can't ever grow from that mindset. Well, we've reached the end of another podcast and I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, questions, criticisms, please respond to the show. We appreciate all your contacts. And if you happen to have a recovery story that you care to share yourself, welcome aboard. And as always, at the end of every podcast, we offer a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself. Do a kindness to another. Forgive yourself. Forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. Namaste. Are you ready to rock? check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show comment on our discussions and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast if you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait click the shop icon on our website we have clothing mugs cell phone cases and so much more show the world that you fish without bait this show is a member of the sorgatron media podcast network Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.